0: In this episode, I'm joined by the CMO of Jungle Scout, the one and only Mr. Mike Sheshik. In this action-packed episode, Mike will discuss the current landscape of global imports, and he'll also reveal a country that is becoming increasingly popular to import from. After that, Mike will share some great strategies to help you find top-notch suppliers. Finally, Mike will share how Amazon sellers can turbocharge the reviews and product social proof. This one's going to be a banger, guys, so let's get started. Welcome to episode number 159 of the Private Labeler Show. My name is Nick Landowski, and I'm making it my mission to help 1,000 people quit their jobs to start an e-commerce empire using the power of Amazon. Now, thanks for tuning in. As always, guys, I saved you a seat no matter where in the world you're listening from. And I hope you guys are all having an amazing day. You know, they say time flies when you're having fun. And I just realized, man, we only have about two months left in the year, which is absolutely crazy. It kind of just feels like the year just got started, but man, time flies. And I want to encourage you guys just to get really focused and dialed in for the last couple months of the year. So get dialed in and focused so that we can finish the year strong together and end things on a positive and good note. Now just remember, it's not always how you 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 know, how you start, but it's more important rather how you finish. So in just a second, I'm gonna be joined by Mr. Mike Sheshik. He is the CMO over at Jungle Scout and I'm absolutely thrilled to have him on our show today. I really appreciate the folks over at Jungle Scout as they have been a huge asset to our seller community over the last many years. Now, as mentioned at the top, we're gonna dive into some fun stuff. We're gonna get into some talk about global imports, and then we'll transition over to finding great suppliers, and we'll round it all off by talking about how to get reviews for your products that you're selling on Amazon. So we're gonna cover a lot today, and I hope you pull a few nuggets out of this episode that you can implement in your business. Now, as always, Stay tuned until the very end, as I will give you my key takeaways from this episode. But before we dive in to get started, if you guys want to take advantage of an exclusive listener discount for Jungle Scout, then just go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash Jungle Scout. That's privatelabelershow.com forward slash Jungle Scout. Little word of advice, don't ever pay full price for the tools that you're going to need to help run your business. Okay, so enough of that, guys. Here is my conversation with Mr. Mike Shushik of Jungle Scout. Hey, everybody. Please welcome Mr. Mike Sheshik to the show. Welcome, Mike.
1: Hey, Nick, how are you doing?
0: I am doing fantastic today. Thank you for asking. Hey, Mike. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are? Obviously, you work for Jungle Scout, but for all those who are not familiar with you, and normally we would have Greg on, we're really, really happy yep. to have you today. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, please?
1: Sure, absolutely. Well, first off, thanks for having me on the the podcast today. It's really, really awesome to be here. Uh, I'm the chief marketing officer of Jungle Scout, and uh, as you know, I mean your your listeners know that Jungle Scout's a tool that. know helps amazon sellers do do research and find suppliers and build listings etc but we also do a lot of data that goes beyond just the amazon marketplace and uh, in fact we do a lot of data collection that's related to to helping private label folks as well as amazon sellers you know understand more what's going on in the marketplace and so we field surveys and we field research, um, frankly, that helps you know, customers get the upper hand. Um, and we're often quoted in you know, big publications like New York Times or Wall Street Journal or Forbes or Bloomberg, et cetera. Uh, and so I'm here today to, uh, to start talking to you about some of the, the interesting nuggets of information that, we've, that we found for your listeners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what we are gonna discuss today, we're gonna get into a few different topics. And the first thing that we're gonna toss around a bit is uh, Jungle Scout's Global Imports Report, which I have recently posted in our Facebook group, everybody. So if you're a member of that group, make sure you take a look at that report. A lot of really interesting data points in there for us importers, for everybody to view. And uh, obviously, 2020, I mean, I don't need to beat a dead horse here, but it's been a wild ride. You know, everybody's experienced that. And especially for all of us that are private labeling and you know, importing and things like that. And the global supply chain and the global, you know, the trade and importing, exporting, it's just been kind of a mess. It's been really shaken up. And there are obviously, uh, with some months back, it was a little bit worse than kind of how it is now overall and all due to the pandemic, you know, it's no secret. We're all aware. And uh, obviously, yeah, if you're an importer, you're kind of well aware of a lot of the struggles. I know in particular, I had a lot of struggles, just like I'm sure you guys listening at home did with just everything. I know not necessarily just Uh, Dealing with suppliers or just, you know, a lot of things with shipping and a lot of the stuff that we've documented on this podcast here. So you guys over at Jungle Scout, speaking of data, did something really cool. And this is what we're going to talk about in the report. Uh, You guys evaluated, I think it was over 63 million U.S. import records from, I think it was 2015 up until, what, 2020. I think it was maybe June 2020. It was. Yeah, you guys had some very interesting findings that I think are really relevant just for the community, for everybody listening to kind of understand kind of the landscape, how the pandemic has affected everything. And uh, would you mind, Mike, kind of just highlighting some of the relevant takeaways from your guys' report and how, how it's kind of of interest or would be of interest to the listeners out there?
1: Yeah, of course. And to your point, I mean, the pandemic changed everything, as everybody knows. Uh, first thing is, is that U.S. imports are going to be down about 5% this year, uh, which U.S. imports are not normally down. Um, and so that's one, the, the first little nugget that's that's kind of interesting. But, you know, all things aren't created equal. You know, what we really noticed was when all, uh, when our customers started having the most feedback and started getting hit the most with um, supply chain issues and factory issues and supplier issues. You know, that really started in February with China. And when we look back at the data, China imports or, sorry, China exports to the United States dropped about 22% in February. And then they just plummeted about 35% in March and so it's interesting to actually see the import data and see that you know there were concrete results of the uh, the lockdowns in, in Wuhan and, and beyond. But the really crazy thing was is that China completely reversed course in April. Uh, and they were up exporting about 40% year on year. And then May was up about 20% year on year. And June was back to normal. And so like all of the pain that the supply, supply chain had, you know, for you know the first quarter to, you know, uh, to, to four months of the year was completely gone by June.
0: So things bouncing back fairly quick over there in Asia. I know specifically for me, yeah, that's, that's kind of right on track. I think it was, uh, I don't know, February, March is where I really started to notice a lot of issues, at least for where I import from out of China, where, you know, they just weren't allowed to go back to work. And, you know, that's, clearly going to create a ripple effect on everything else because they got orders to kind of catch up with and things like that and there's all those logistical issues and so on and so forth but um, you know as far as I know as of now I'm sure a lot of you guys understand this as well uh, if you're importing from China things yeah have been pretty much well on track or at least back on track uh, over the past few months you know and obviously I still think there's there's some logistical issues and, and, and things like that here and there but as far as just factories just operating just up and running I mean things have been the, the recovery has been pretty nice but then uh, beyond that though your report kind of highlights some interesting changes um, in I guess you know that when it comes to countries we know that China it according does. to your report is still kind of leading the pack by a considerable amount I, mean, I think it was uh, over 40 percent of um, imports into the U.S. are still coming from China, right? So, That's right. And, there, and, and second in line would be what, Mike, as far as the countries out there?
1: Yeah, so second in line is now Vietnam,
0: uh, which is a,
1: a really interesting change of events. So uh, Vietnam displaced Germany as our number two importer last year. Um, and, uh, they've continued to push in textiles and, uh, and, and footwear and apparel, et cetera. And so for people who are looking for private label in those particular categories, you know, Vietnam is, is, uh, is, is really coming into its own, you know, as a major supplier. Now that said, you know, Vietnam's market share is roughly five and a half percent, you know, versus 41% for China. So you're still talking about seven X of the market power with China. But Vietnam is definitely a place where you know, people should should look into it as a, as a potential supplier source.
0: Yeah, I remember, uh, I can't remember exactly what month, but it was maybe kind of at the peak of some of the issues that were going on in China. I was actually getting these emails, I believe it was from some suppliers or factories in Vietnam as well as India. And I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I was getting these messages from uh, factories kind of saying, hey, we know that you might be having some issues with your suppliers in China. It was kind of well-documented in the news and things like that. And they're kind of raising their hand saying, hey, consider us, consider working with us here in, you know, Vietnam or and or whatever. I think it was India. And uh, I thought that was really interesting how there was this known thing. And, you know, as far as like, hey, China's having a hiccup right now. It's an opportunity for some of these other countries to grab business. And, um, you know, I I thought that was just, kind of fascinating it's never happened to me before as many years as I've been doing something like this and everything at the time had been so focused in on China and I think over the past however many months that we've been dealing with this pandemic you know not just kind of random people like like myself that are just importing but a lot of big companies are or have been kind of looking at the whole global landscape of where they're going to get their stuff made and yes, China is still kind of like the big show in town, but there's all these other markets emerging now, whether it be India, whether it be Vietnam. And your report kind of shows that as far as like some of these other opportunities for us to kind of consider to get our goods created and, um, and sourced from. And is there anything else you'd want to add on that, Mike?
1: There, there, there is, because it's also a cautionary tale. You know, because if you were receiving, you know, emails from folks, you know, from India in particular in in February and March, you know, they were obviously trying to take advantage of things. But the problem was that India got hit by COVID significantly later than other countries. And so when India went into lockdown in May, their exports went down 75% year on year. It was a shocking and staggering decline. And frankly, since they still don't have COVID under control, you know, exports are still down significantly for India. And so let's say that you're a private label person who was sourcing textiles, you know, from India, which is their biggest category of exports. Guaranteed, you're going to have to find another location to, uh, to source those products because, unfortunately, they've not been able to completely recover.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, now, as far as China, I mean, the results reflect that everything's kind of back online there. And I, I know there are some flare-ups kind of here and there that you hear about in the news or whatever, but based on what you guys are seeing, everything seems to be f- kind of back in line with with China, at least, right? Or am I missing something? I guess I can't keep track every day of, like, what's happening. <laughs> you know, it's like, China
1: is China, doing pretty well. And uh, Jungle Scout actually has an office in Shenzhen. Um, and, uh, so I can, I, I can tell you that, you know, our employees are, are all back at, at work, fortunately, you know, in, in the office and things are, are very much back to normal. And, uh, that is definitely replicated across. And, and frankly, you know, most of us at jungle scout also sell and source products, you know, on, on Amazon. And so I can tell you personally that I'm having no problems with my, uh, China supply lines now.
0: Okay. That's good to know. And uh, all of the, the trade shows that go on there, do you have any idea? Obviously, they were impacted um, prior to all this, but do you have any idea if that's going to be back online anytime soon or is it already with all the different trade shows?
1: Uh, well, online is the, the, the right word. Uh, they're, they're keeping them online uh, because the, the travel you know, into, uh, into China is so extremely restricted that uh, they're really not opening it up to people from outside of uh, the country too much at this point.
0: Okay. Yeah. Wasn't sure how they were handling that at this point. I know. Um, yeah. Al- 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 Alibaba
1: just did their entire thing o- online, you know, over the past couple of weeks.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Um, so what, what else are we missing from this report? Do you think that people would want to know? But I know there's a lot of really great information in there. And again, I would highly recommend that everybody listening, check out this report that we're kind of referencing and talking about there. But uh, was there any other sure. tidbits that uh, you think would be relevant?
1: there there really is there's a there's a whole section that talks about every single you know major country that's exporting and what products they're primarily known for um, from an overall mix perspective. And so I like looking at that because I can say, okay, well, if I'm, if I'm operating in, you know, machinery, if I'm operating in toys, if I'm operating in, you know, any sort of particular category, you can see other countries that are actually major suppliers of those categories. And it kind of broadens your mind a bit about, you know, locations to look for new suppliers.
0: Okay. And then what were some of these other countries besides, let's, we talked about China, India, Vietnam. What were some other potential countries that you think maybe, maybe uh, sellers or importers give a look to?
1: The Asian tigers are back. Um, and when you look at the, the major declines that happened with China, in most of that or a significant portion of, of the other exporting companies countries like Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, Taiwan, Vietnam, they all stepped in and filled a lot of the gap. And so there was a significant increase in exports from those countries and that is maintained. Um, and so I would expect, you know, Southeast Asia to continue to be an excellent source, even outside of China.
0: Okay. That's really great information there. Um, so just for everybody listening at home, uh, you know, if you're still sourcing from China and, and that's working out well for you, I think, you know, maybe continue with that, but just kind of just be you know aware that, yeah, there are other opportunities out there for you to kind of, explore maybe Vietnam or or what have you if you want to maybe just take a look and see and um, which which uh, Mike I think we could transition now to maybe the next thing we want to talk about which is sort of kind of related here but uh, before we do that are there any other points that you know you would just want to highlight about this report or um, are, are we good there I think we're good okay so we're talking about sourcing Obviously, this you know report that I'm kind of pointing out to you guys that Jungle Scout put together is a really awesome report. Kind of gives you a big picture, uh, you know, kind of shot at the landscape of what's going on and how things were affected by the pandemic. But um, you guys actually have a really, really helpful tool for all of us importers and sellers, private labelers or whatever, to help us find these suppliers. We're talking about, you know right now, we're talking about some of these countries, you know, the emerging ones and things like that, talking about China. But you guys have a tool in your web app, the supplier database tool. And I've talked about this before. I, I, I use it. It's, it's extremely helpful. And um, you guys actually have access to, or you know, just like we all do, but the U.S. import data records. So according to your report, as I referenced before, there's what, 63 million import records that you guys looked at in the last handful of years. But uh, a lot of this information is publicly available to people like you and I or whoever. And there's certain websites we can kind of go on to kind of find that information. But you guys actually built all that right in to your supplier database tool. So um, I think the normal route for a lot of importers is just maybe go right to Alibaba to try to find suppliers. And there's really nothing wrong with that. But I know from experience that that could be a very time-consuming process. A lot of times if you're using um, Alibaba, just like most people you have to kind of sift through a lot of suppliers and there's a lot of vetting that goes into place and um, with these us import records that are available that you guys have plugged into your supplier database tool there's kind of a quicker way a better way to find suppliers and mike for people at home that are listening that aren't familiar with this tool that you guys have would you mind kind of talking about the supplier database tool and why it's cool
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, out of all of the features that Jungle Scout has, you know, for for sourcing and and managing your business, I think Supplier Database is one of the most interesting because you can literally type in very quickly either a product, a company name, a supplier name, or, or even an Amazon ASIN into the search bar, and it will bring up all of the various companies and the volumes that they've imported into the United States. Uh, over over the past year and so like I my one of my favorite examples is I usually go in and just type the word backpack and you know what will wind up coming up is all of the the major suppliers you know be it in China or elsewhere you know what other products that they manufacture you know are they primarily in sporting goods as an example do they do handbags do they do you know other types of products you know how big are they as in like how many containers, you know, have been imported into, into the U.S. Um, and then also the best part is, is you can see who the top customers of that particular manufacturer are. And so you can scroll down and I'm, I'm literally looking at Adidas as an example. And so supplier database will tell you who Adidas uses for as their backpack supplier. Uh, Patagonia you can see who Patagonia is using as their backpack supplier, which happens to be in Vietnam, by the way. Um, and so it's just a fascinating amount of data. And so I really see this as, as pairing supplier database you know, with you know, any sort of sourcing activities that, that you do. Um, so you can go ahead and, and look on Alibaba as an example. And if you happen to want uh, a particular product that's, that's made by um, the manufacturer who also does Patagonia, you can look up that particular factory on Alibaba, which automatically gives credibility, you know, to make sure that that supplier is a, is a reputable supplier.
0: Yeah. I I've obviously played with that as well. And i I think I've done a, a video or two about that, that I released to my listeners kind of just showing it in, in action at one time. And I was typing in like, you know, it's like grilling accessories, grill brushes, because I often use that as my example here, example on on the podcast. And man, I was really shocked to see all of these major players in the grilling space and finding their suppliers so easily like Weber grills and and so, fun, and so on and so forth. And I guess, Mike, what is the consensus here that if something like Patagonia is an example or wherever companies, we, you know, you're finding here that kind of stand out, if they're using a particular factory or supplier, it's probably a pretty well vetted supplier at that point, right? Like if they keep ordering from that particular supplier year after year and the orders are large and is it, is it the kind of the idea that if it's good enough for them, it, it's probably fairly good and you know good for somebody like myself. Is that what we're getting at here?
1: I think that's what we're getting at. Um, when you think about the resources that these larger companies have to go and to actually visit the supplier, you know, understand their labor, labor practices, understand you know, their cost practices, etc., they've, they've clearly put in a lot of efforts to make sure that that supplier is someone who is reputable and who's going to be, frankly, honest and, uh, and deliver on time. And so it takes a lot of the guesswork, you know, out of having to go and to do that sort of research yourself, because let's face it, uh, it would be very difficult for most people, uh, especially, you know, on, on the private label side to go and do that level of betting on their own.
0: Yeah. And, th- and that's really important. I mean, obviously, if somebody's just getting into this world of, you know, private labeling and selling on Amazon, there's so many different variables, and so many different things you have to think about. I think it's kind of reassuring to know that, hey, if it's good enough for all, all these major companies or whatever then it's probably you know vetted and and i can save a lot of time i think that's what i'm what i find most interesting about it and and most helpful is just the time saving just because early on before these types of tools existed or whatever i just remember sifting through pages and pages of alibaba suppliers and it was let's just put it this way it was huge kind of uh waste of time in the long run. I just, I just remember just sifting through and then getting nowhere. And, and that was one of the biggest aggravating parts of trying to find, like launch new products and things like that is like, okay, who's going to make this and how am I going to find a really good supplier to work with? That isn't, you know, just some random person that's going to steal a random company. That's just going to be gone in a, in a a year or something like that. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I think just the time savings, that it has provided me. And I know a lot of listeners out there, people that are using it. If you guys do have jungle scout, you could probably attest to this. So yeah. And, and and as far as I know, yeah, right on the search bar in the supplier database. Yeah. You can literally just type in an ASIN and that's uh, right. Or even company name. And I think, um, you know, it works pretty well almost every single time to kind of find the information you want. I know a lot just depends, like if you're trying to find it through maybe a competitor's company name or business name or brand or whatever, it's usually pretty spot on and you can get a lot of that information, obviously right from the Amazon listing, either via brand name or being sold by or we all know that every business profile now is public on Amazon. So you can find out a lot of information about um, your competitors directly from Amazon and then you can take that and use that appropriately in the supplier database. So I would just, you know, really highly recommend you guys consider using that as a way of finding suppliers kind of in a short, pretty quick manner. And um, I think what's important to note too, is just from experience, sometimes if you find suppliers on there, uh, if you can see, I believe on the, on the graph, like how many orders have been placed and are they recent orders? Sometimes the orders or sometimes the suppliers might not, might not have data that's recent and it might be that people were ordering from them like a few years ago or whatever. But I think just what's relevant is that you want to see consistent orders from a lot of different uh, people, a lot of different companies, and that it's current, that the orders are current and things like that, that you know people keep ordering again and again and again from these suppliers, right?
1: that that's right and the really cool thing is is there's a a, like a little drop down there where you can actually see the number of containers that they have shipped by month for the past four years um and then you can also see the the quantity of items that were inside those containers and so it's another way of having really interesting competitive uh uh, competitive data to be able to see that hey if, if someone is you know, actually filing import records and they're showing you that they just imported a thousand units of a particular product, then that actually gives you information. Um, especially if you want to see like what uh, everyone else is up to <laughs> from an import perspective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it's very cool stuff guys. And again, that's built into your jungle scout web app there. So anything else to add on the supplier database, Mike?
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm really with you about saving time. Um, I think that is the the biggest benefit, you know, just to get the, the validation on it. Uh, another little thing that I like to do is I like to see like what percentage of a supplier's business is in the particular category that I'm interested in in, in working in. Uh, just because personally, I have found that if somebody has a you know a high concentration in a particular thing like pets products, as an example you know, then they're far more likely to, uh, to work with you to customize a product versus somebody that has that as a small portion of their, their overall mix.
0: Interesting. Okay. I didn't even think about things like that, but yeah, that's, that's important. Yeah. Cause obviously um, some suppliers you work with, they kind of do a, you know, they make a lot of different things, but what you're saying is that if they specialize in, and the majority of their business is in, let's just say pet supplies, they're more than probably going to be more than willing to give you that attention uh, when you need to make changes or whatever, right?
1: That's what I found, yes.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Versus it just being some random one off product that they, they make, but right. they don't do a lot of, and it's not really that important to them. Right. So, very cool. Um, so, I wanted to transition now into something that I know just everybody obviously would be really, really into. If you're selling on Amazon, we all know that reviews give your product social proof, reviews are everything in this game of e-commerce and what have you. And you guys, Jungle Scout, you guys came out with something that has consi- has saved me considerable amounts of time, which I love. Uh, fairly recently, you guys launched your review automation uh, feature then your software there, and I'm pumped about it. I've been talking about it uh, in the community and things like that. And I think that was maybe, what, a month, a month or two ago, uh, you guys kind of rolled this out, the review automation option in your software. So for people that are unfamiliar, why is this so cool, Mike?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we noticed uh, towards the, the beginning of the year was Amazon had allowed through Seller Central to be able to go and request an individual review you know, from an individual order. Uh, which is great unless you're selling, you know, thousands of products per day, um, and so we thought, boy, that's really tedious to go do. And so, we created a a button that automatically asked, you know, once you clicked it on a particular page in Seller Central, it would send out and request those reviews for you. The problem is there's only so many listings that show up on your Seller Central page on any given day or at any given hour. And what we found was people were scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and having to, to push that button multiple times. And so about three weeks ago, we rolled out a feature called Review Automation, uh, which is a setting within, uh, within Jungle Scout where you just click it once and forget it. It's done. Um, and so what winds up happening is for every single order that comes in that meets the Amazon specific terms of service requirements, as far as like time, you know, since they actually received the product, et cetera, uh, We will automatically ask Amazon to request that review for you. And I can tell you, it's, it's a game changer uh it saves so much time and also you don't have to worry about it anymore amazon will automatically go out and ask for those ratings and reviews for you um and you know pretty much in every account uh we know for a fact that uh, the number of reviews has gone up significantly since we've implemented this
0: yeah i remember um hearing greg talk about that some a while back about the data that they had that showed just the the amount of reviews being added you know, we're just, it was off the charts. And I can tell you, I've told the listeners from my own point of view too, that, um, the amount of reviews I'd say over the past, however many months have just gone for, from my perspective, just, you know, through the roof. And, um, it, I think when I, when, what you mentioned there, you said, okay, and you just literally turn it on and it just does its thing. And I remember kind of going into it and I, I turned the button on for the review automation thing in jungle scout. And I just kind of went, that's it. Like, (laughs) <laughs> do, do I like where is the other options the stuff that I need to adjust and play with and mess around with and I'm like There is nothing I'm like it just that's all I had to do and it was it was really awesome so, uh, it does obviously share some uh, important information as far as like uh, How much time it saved and I before we jumped on here I checked and it says that it has saved me over 24 hours of time so far since i've turned it on and you know before that option was available for the, the review automation, um, you either hired a VA to kind of go into your orders menu in Seller Central and click manually, uh, which, okay, I know a lot of people probably did very early on because, yeah, unless you have, maybe if you only, you only have a few orders here and there, you're just getting started. It's something you could easily manually do. But as you grow, if you have hundreds of orders a day, maybe a thousand orders a day, or whatever. That's a very tedious process. And, I, and do you guys still have with Jungle Scout, the Chrome extension ability? to um kind of automate this process is that something that's still available yes it is okay
1: yes so, so th- you, you could do it either either way it's it's your choice it's just if you do it through the web app then it, it goes through every page of of seller central not just the one that you happen to be on at that time
0: yeah and I, I remember once Amazon kind of communicated that, uh, option in the orders menu saying, Hey, we're going to let you manually request reviews to the Re- request review button. I kind of thought in my head, I'm like, Oh, it's only, only going to be a matter of matter of time before somebody automates this entire thing. And early on, yeah, it was a lot of people doing the Chrome extensions, which was a huge time saver. Uh, absolutely love that. But then how you guys have it set up, I'm just like, okay, this is perfect. So like, you know, this saves me a lot of time. And then the results that I gained from it, uh, the amount of reviews, has just been insane i 'm just kind of looking at the acceleration of the reviews on all of my products, and it', it it's, it's startling it 's it's crazy i mean i, I, I can 't even begin to just tell you how overjoyed I am with just the amount of growth that i 've seen in reviews and in some of the levels of reviews that i 'm at now for a lot of my products. Uh, the social proof has just gone through the roof and my conversion rates gone through the roof and my rankings and just the, almost like the flywheel effect of everything, just how everything is just kind of just exploding. And a lot of it is just because of uh, the reviews and the request reviews and just the automation of it, just making my life that much easier. So I'm definitely pumped about it, obviously, as you guys can tell. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just thank you guys for making my life a little bit easier. <laughs> Not having hey, we're, we're,
1: we're, ha- we're happy to make your life easier.
0: Yeah. And, and a question for you, I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, Mike. So according to Amazon's communications, that's how they want us to ask for reviews with that request review button buried in the, in the orders menu. That's according to them, like they're saying, Hey, we really want you to ask for reviews this way, because when that button gets hit, there's an Amazon generated uh, message or email that goes out to their customers. And I think they have the option, unless they've changed this, to leave the review and or is it seller feedback as well? They allow them to lead. I don't know if you know the answer to that. Is it one or the other or is it just reviews?
1: Um, most of it has been reviews. Okay. Um, but but Amazon's also allowing people to just submit ratings. right? Uh, even if they don't want to do a review. Um, and so I'm starting to see, and we're starting to see a mix of both ratings and reviews. But the great thing is, is that it all goes up. And to your point, Nick, right? You know, Amazon is on board with this. Uh, because Amazon is the one who determines the content of that email. They have a specific format that goes out. And then obviously Amazon is the one who is sending that. And so that is the way that Amazon wants communication to go out to uh, to customers, you know, because they are, they are in the middle, you know, actually assisting with ensuring, you know, an overall good customer experience.
0: Yeah, they control the the language and you know everything about it versus having us do it. And the other, I guess, the other question is that people would probably ask is, um, you know, we would use one example is uh, through the the follow up feed or the follow up email that we can kind of latch onto. And obviously, you guys have that product as well with you know yep. follow up uh, emails. And obviously, Amazon has been consistently changing around the the kind of the guides on that or the guidelines. Um, so kind of the old school way, the other way before all this was that we would ask for a review through the follow-up messaging kind of email system that Amazon would kind of, you know, allow us to do and using, you know, tools like jungle scout or whatever to do that. Um, do you know if Amazon is cool with you using the request review button and sending out an email, uh, through that also asking for a review or do they want you to choose one or the other? Because I know everything with Amazon is kind of a gray area, you know? I just don't, I just, it's kind of a gray area, right? Like, okay, if you ask for the review through the request review option and somebody leaves the review, well, they can't leave two reviews. So does Amazon just really, do they have a, obviously they have a preference, but uh, should sellers stop asking for the review the old way?
1: I think sellers should use the automated review functionality that goes through Amazon. Okay. Um, You know, there are, you know, obviously Amazon's rules change you know, periodically. And so you always want to be, you know, on the up and up from a a terms of service perspective. And uh, the one absolutely sure way, you know, that you can make sure to, you know, be in Amazon's good graces is is to, uh, to use this new feature.
0: Yeah. Okay. Just so I throw it out there. I know people have kind of asked and, uh, you know, just from my own point of view, yeah, I would just use the request review button just because I think it works so well in its own right. Um, So I just kind of wanted to put that out there. So that's all built in. Is that is that like uh, just part of your normal web app now? The request review option is there a different? Like I, I'm not exactly sure how it well is. That works. Okay, so it it's is just part of the it regular is. web app.
1: Yep, if you've got the Jungle Scout suite, then uh, it is it is right there, front and center. Um, and anybody can go to our website and take a look at uh, look at the feature for more info.
0: Cool, cool. Okay, well. That kind of highlights that, guys. Reviews, obviously, we know they're super important. If you want to automate them, obviously, you need sales to get reviews. So I just want to throw that out there to the listeners that if you're struggling to get sales right now. Yeah, you got other things to worry about, but once you kind of have some sales trickling in, kind of you can use that request review automation option that we just talked about there and get those kind of reviews trickling in. And over time, it just kind of just you know takes off. Like the more reviews you get, obviously, the higher your conversion, stuff like that. So you guys have done a great job uh, making that easy for people like myself, where I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of orders every single day. And, uh, you know, if you guys are listening at home, you're not quite there yet. Well, you'll be there sooner or later and you'll appreciate these awesome automation features to kind of free up your time so that you can focus on other things in your business. So Mike, what else is Jungle Scout working on? What's next for you guys? You guys are always doing some really cool stuff.
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, we have so many things going on right now, as always. Uh, recently, we've made you know, improvements to our Opportunity Finder, you know, which is a great research tool that allows you to use sliders to determine you know, how competitive you want a space to be, you know, what sort of price range you want to be in, etc. Uh, we're constantly making changes to our keyword scout, you know, as well as our keyword rank tracker, you know, so you can see what's going on you know, in the marketplace. Um, and we've also done a, a ton of work lately with sales analytics, um, for, for sellers. So you can enter in your costs. You can see exactly what your PPC expenses are, you know, through Amazon, you know, it'll give you a full profit and loss statement for your business. Uh, we truly are automating a lot of the seller activities, you know, that people deal with on a, on a daily basis, including inventory. Um, so we're pretty excited. We've, we've uh, definitely added a ton of new features, especially over the past 12 months, and we're uh, really excited with the customer feedback.
0: That's awesome. Very exciting. I like automation and I like tools and data. Uh, how many, do you know how many employees Jungle Scout has right now? Like what were you guys up to? You said you had a Shenzhen office. I didn't know that. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have an office in Austin an office in, or I guess we call them hubs now because people are working from home a lot. That's true. Uh, we have an, uh, a hub in, in, in Austin, a hub in Vancouver and a hub in Shenzhen. Uh, we are a little bit over. We just passed 150 employees.
0: That is crazy. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? That is crazy because yeah. I, I, I'm a little bit old school with this, with this Amazon game. Um, you know, I think five or six years now. And I remember early on, there weren't, there weren't tools like this available. And I, was, I always kind of tell Greg, I'm like, yeah, when he, he kind of first rolled out the Chrome extension of Jungle Scout way back in the day, and it was just for like the product data stuff, like real basic stuff, uh, that's what I was cranking away with early on. And I'm just fascinated over the years on how much things have evolved in this space. And it's wildly exciting. So, um, yeah, yeah it is. Just it's, very, it's very, very happy. Long, it's a
1: long way to, it's a long way to come in five years. That's, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Very, very excited for the whole community in general and for you guys. And I've been kind of riding with you guys since, you know, early on, and it's kind of just cool to see that you guys have done so well. And obviously, uh, you know, Greg has been a huge asset to the community. You're a huge asset to the community. So we really appreciate all that. Yeah, we're happy to help. So Mike, what are some other last kind of words of wisdom here? Uh, what, what else do we need to touch on here before we wrap this one up?
1: I would say start now. You know, anybody who is thinking about getting into the, uh, to the selling space, uh, now is the best time to do it. There's never been a better time you know, e-commerce is going to continue taking over more and more share of the overall you know, share of wallet and, and the retail landscape. And so if you're looking to, uh, to do something on your own, then the only thing that's, that's, uh, pushing back on you is, is time. So start now.
0: All right. I agree. Start now. It is not too saturated. Okay, everybody always thinks that, oh, did I miss the boat? You didn't miss the boat. The best time to start is today, right now. So I definitely agree with you right then and there. Um, so Mike, this has been amazing. I'm super pumped. Uh, I know the listeners yeah. are as well. And uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. You guys, make sure you check out that report that we keep talking about, that we were talking about at the top of the, uh, the podcast here. Again, that's in the Facebook group and you can find it on the Jungle Scout site as well. I'll link all that up, of course. So uh, Mike, where can we find you? If somebody's got a, a follow-up question, something we didn't get to, something they wanted to ask or whatever, they're at home, you know, kind of shouting that I should ask this or that or the other, where can people find you if they have uh, more questions?
1: Yeah. Um, we have a, uh, any of the, uh, Jungle Scout Facebook pa- pages are, are perfect. Uh, just go on the Facebook page. We have people who are monitoring that, you know, basically around the clock and you can just say, Hey, I got a question for
0: Mike. Ah, very cool. Simple enough. So that about does it, Mike. Uh, again, thank you so much for spending a few moments out of your busy day with us here today. I greatly appreciate it.
1: You bet. Thanks, Nick.
0: All right. Take care. Thanks a lot, Mike. That was really great, and thanks again for taking the time out of your busy day to uh, spend it here with us, talking to Amazon and talking importing. That was awesome. And as a reminder, guys, if you want to take advantage of that exclusive listener discount, then simply go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash Jungle Scout. So here are a few of my key takeaways that I had from our conversation. First and foremost. Uh, It was really interesting how Mike was discussing that Vietnam is becoming a really strong option for importing. That's all according to the data, uh, the US import data. And Asia at large still remains a great option overall, with China making up still a little bit over 40% of all imports to the US. And uh, second and third takeaways that I had really have to do with the Jungle Skull tools. First and foremost the Jungle Scout supplier database which I absolutely love and that's just going to help you guys save a ton of time just cutting right to the chase so if you're tired of constantly having to spend hour upon hour going through all the Alibaba listings to you know find really good suppliers you can just use the supplier database built right in the Jungle Scout to kind of cut right to the chase and find those top-notch suppliers that a lot of the big boys are using a lot of the you know the the big companies that we all uh, are, are aware of, the household name companies. So the uh, the final takeaway, guys, reviews, Amazon reviews, um, super important. Obviously, if you want social proof, if you want your product to get noticed and to convert higher, you just need more reviews. So um, something that we talked about that saves us a ton of time is Jungle Scout's review automation option. And uh, just from my own personal experience as I shared, man, it has saved me a lot of time and helped me generate a lot I mean, a lot of extra reviews. So I highly recommend that you guys check that feature out if you are not yet using it. I absolutely love it. So that's gonna pretty much do it for today's episode. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me until the very end. Make sure you guys subscribe to the show. And if you're on YouTube, you can hit that subscribe button and the notifications bell. That would be awesome. And then please leave a review, preferably on iTunes. That would really mean a lot. So uh, again, that about does it. I'm rooting for you guys. Let's go out there. Let's go finish the rest of the year strong and get after it and make some money. Until next time, have a great rest of the day. This episode of The Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.